Our church, ICF Zurich, is celebrating its 20 years anniversary this year. And during that time, we never had a permanent home. Through the growth of our church and external factors, we always had to move location from one place to another. But this time is soon coming to an end. We are coming home. And we are so looking forward to this new chapter that we are living as a church. This new building will give us great facilities for our celebrations, great room for community, ICF college courses, and amazing room for our kids and youth facilities. If you want to be part of this project, if you want to get some information on this project called Coming Home, and maybe you want to support it financially, then please go to our website. You will get all the informations there. Thank you so much for your support. Bungee jumping is nothing. Today we're going mountain climbing. I've been on many mountain tours, but each new mountain tour requires a lot of courage, as you never know what awaits you. Do you want to know a secret? I get the courage from up there. Hey, good afternoon. Almost evening, afternoon. Um, yeah, you may be seated. So good to have church again. So good um, to be here. And I have this amazing old ancient um, feather pen in my hand. And because, not only because of the message, but because it's a special day today. And because it's a special day, I want to start this message also in a special way. So I need our uh, producer, the one who's in charge of the celebration, to make a little video, a live video. And I need to interact, you, you need to interact and get crazy when you know, when you get crazy. It's a special day because um, my senior pastor, Leo Bigger, and my good friend, Leo, um, has birthday today. It's his 48th birthday, and Leo, I want to say happy, happy birthday. I have this little pen, this huge pen in my hand, because you are kind of like a living letter, and your ink and your, your life has written really deep into my heart. I would never be the person, the pastor, the preacher, the, the father, the friend, if you, weren't, if you haven't invested your life into me. And I think, I think it's so, so much for investing you into me. What stands out to me is you are the most creative preacher I know. <laughs> and you are also the most um, empowering leader I know. Um, the way you are, the way you create out of preachings and also create churches, start up churches, and also the way you empower, you let me be, you let me be how the way I am, the crazy uh, person I am, and empower me to be a leader. And I want to thank you so, so much for that, and I wish you a happy, happy birthday. But it's not only me who is happy that your life uh, is investing in, in, in me, but also it's many, many people whose life has been changed. So let's stand up, let's make some noise and get crazy. Happy birthday, Leo Bigger! Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. 
Happy birthday, Pastor Leo. Happy birthday to you. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> so good. Hey, thank you so much, Rico. Love it. I love it. All right. You may think, okay, what in the world has this to do with the message? <laughs> Is he misusing, abusing the stage for sending his birthday wishes or what? Uh, it has a whole lot to do because um, we are, I want to take you on a journey, a journey of uh, Paul and Timothy. And Paul investing his life into Timothy, Paul actually writing letters to Timothy and them on a journey together. For more than 20 years, them being on a journey together and basically through their mentorship, through their relationship, through their friendship, through their deep relationship they, they had, they wrote church history. And that still has an impact on my life and your life as well. And it's so cool. But I also want to take you on a journey of what it means um, to invest in other people. Why should we do that? Why is it good? Um, in whom should I invest? And how do I do that? And I want to pray at the beginning that each and one of us gets something out of the message. My goal for tonight is that you go home and you have identified a person you would love to invest your life in. And I thank you so much, Jesus, because you basically, you lived it out. You invested in your life into first and foremost 12 disciples. And then the journey went on and we are standing here. And I invite you, Holy Spirit, that you talk to me, that you speak to me, that you empower me and you um, encourage me to, to believe in you and also to believe that I have something to give to, into other people's lives as well. Amen. So cool. So imagine Paul um, having one of those feather pens in his hand and writing, starting to write a letter to Timothy. Um, just picture that, imagine that. I brought you a picture. I don't know if Paul was that old already, but here's what he wrote to Timothy. He says, I, Paul, I'm writing this letter, and I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus, just as God planned. He sent me to tell about the promise of life that is found in Christ Jesus. Timothy, I'm sending you this letter. You are my dear son. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. There's so much already in this Bible verse. We can already dig so much out of this Bible verse what, what calling Paul had. He knew who he was, an apostle, and he had a plans for his life, and he also has a plan for your life. We see so much about what kind of a message is he transporting, what kind of a message is he an ambassador of, the message of Jesus Christ. And, and we see that there is a deep relationship between Paul and Timothy. He calls him his dear son. That's crazy, because he wasn't his physical son. But he called him like a son in a spiritual meaning. But before we start to um, dive into this relationship and what that means for us, we want to rewind a little bit and start where Paul actually started. Because Paul was not, his name wasn't Paul all the time. His na original name, he was born as Saul, Saul of Tarsus. And Saul, he hated Christians. He, um, with, with everything he was and is, he was persecuting Christians because he just didn't like them. 
And so he did everything. He was a teenager. Theologians think he was about 15 or 17 years old when he already put many, many Christians into jail. And uh, he actually, um, he, 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 he did it so that, uh, that the Christians were being persecuted and killed as well. And this Saul was on the road to Damascus right now. And he had a letter in his hand. And the letter was proof and, um, and, and allowance that he actually was allowed to continue to persecute the Christians. He had an official stamp. I'm allowed to persecute, persecute these crazy, creepy Christians. And while he was on the road to Damascus, something strange happened. From Saul, he became Paul. And he did that, exactly what he, what he was saying. He was talking about Jesus. He was sharing the good news. That's what he did. He shared the name of Jesus with so many people. And they became Christians as well. And he wrote all these letters. I brought you a list. I don't want to go into the whole list. But he wrote all these letters. Um, and behind all those letters were churches or people or a crowd of people or people, individuals, even Timothy, whom he invested whom he shared the message of Jesus to because it was so important for him to share this message. And that's the reason why we also um, share this message, why we also have this call from God to invest into other people's lives. The great commandment, Matthew 28, go into all the nations and make disciples also goes to us. It's, it's our call. And Paul experienced that. He became a The most, one of the most crazy and radical followers of Christ. And he had this 180 degree turnover. And um, he invested in so many people's lives. It was obvious for him what he experienced, the love of Jesus, that he wants to share this with other people. And he was forever changed by Jesus. And that's the reason why he started churches. That's the reason why he was, do, was being on mission trips. That's the reason why he was writing letters. And he actually was identifying Timothy. Five years before he called Timothy to be on a journey with him together, he already met him in Lystra. And he met his grand, uh, Timothy's grandmother and, and, and mother, and they became Christians. And Timothy, um, you have to know, is, is not one of those um, already, wow, maybe like, like six foot tall, like a football player, you know, um, um, a visionary type and always has something good to say. But Timothy was a little bit of a mother child. He had health issues. He was shy. Maybe he didn't really know who he was. Um, he is the kind of a person that is likely and, and easy to be overseen. That was the, the, the person Timothy was, if you read um, about Timothy. But Paul saw him anyway. He saw the potential in him, and he believed in him. He said to him um, in 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, and that's the most famous, one of the most famous Bible verses from Paul to Timothy, the Timothy principle. He says to Timothy, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So Paul saw, there's a man, I can entrust a message. Um, and he talked to him. But not only Timothy heard stuff, but T Paul believed in Timothy that he also would find reliable people whom also could teach others. So you see already four generations of passing on The message of Jesus. And Paul saw that potential in Timothy. And he wanted that Timothy also continues this journey and also invests in other people. 
Uh, that's where maybe you heard about that already, uh, the Timothy principle. It means God has given you something. Pass it on to others. So my question to you is, in whom will you invest? Who is your Timothy? Obviously, uh, what Timothy did, he did that. He became later on um, the bishop of, um, of the Ephesus, of the Ephesian church. And he was the, the church, the pastor of that church. And Paul went away with, went, went on a journey with him and, 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 and handed step by step more responsibility over to Timothy. And that is so cool to see. And I don't know who you investing in. I don't know if you have a person in whom you are investing right now. I want to give you a little bit of an, of a, um, of an environment. A couple of weeks ago, Leo was preaching about the oikos, the household, basically your environment. And there's so many oikos um, environments, so many areas in your life. There's work, for example. In work, we see the Timothy principle. Um, I brought a picture with you. Um, this you see in many work situations. Um, someone has a boss, has employees, or someone has a trainee, or you have an intern. Maybe you have an intern at your work where you're working. Maybe you are a teacher and you have students and you can invest in those students and they could become your Timothys. There's also obviously hobbies. You have hobbies or sport. Um, one of the famous shows just became famous again because this awesome blues singer from Switzerland is uh, singing at the Voice of Germany. And um, that is what it's all about. They want to see the mentors or the leaders, the jury of the Voice of Germany or Switzerland or every country has that show, right? Um, they want to push that button because they say, I want you. And then they become their mentors. Same thing with sports. No sport team, there's no sport team who doesn't have a coach or a trainer. A trainer wants to develop the potential of his players. Maybe you are doing a sport or you have a hobby where you could invest in other people. Church, obviously. Church and ministry. And um, I find it so interesting. Sometimes you don't see that often when someone else passes on a church or a ministry to someone else. Reinhard Bonnke and Daniel Kolender actually did that. I think Reinhard Bonnke did that brilliant. I was um, observing how he did that. Like a couple of, like five years ago at our Big 15 conference, ICF conference, Reinhard came and he brought this guy. No one knew about him. But he just put him on stage and said, this is Daniel Kolender. Then he went on, on off stage again. Later on, he took more and more responsibility. And now, Reinhard Bonnke is just like, kind of like a mentor to him, but to Daniel. But Daniel Kolender is the leader of Christ for All Nations. He handed over through a period of time, step by step, his ministry. Maybe you are a small group leader. And you see someone right now. You have someone in your small group where you see the potential that he or she could become a small group leader as well. Maybe you are a team leader in one of our teams and you see someone in your team that also could, um, you could invest in, that also could take over leadership. Who are your Timothys? Obviously family. Maybe you have kids. Maybe you have a sister or a brother. Maybe you could, that works in all directions basically. You could invest in your father. You could invest in your mother. Friendships as well. Um, maybe you have a friend who you would love to invest in, a neighbor, a colleague, wherever. My question is, in whom are you investing? Um, I want you to get your iPhones out right now or your Samsung um, Galaxies or your whatever, just your mobiles. And um, 
I want to ask you uh, to ask God right now. Ask God now in whom could you invest and write this person a text message. Do it right now. We have a minute or minute and a half time now. So I want you um, to open up your iPhone, your smartphone, and just write a message. Make it practical and start typing, encouraging a person right now. so good to see into faces who are typing right now and encouraging other people, challenging other people, because that's what it's all about at the end of the day, right? Receiving the message of Jesus, receiving the love of God and passing it on to other people. I want to give you a little bit of a, um, a tool of how do you do that? How do you invest in other people? How do you do that? And I want to talk about invitation and challenge. How do you invest in other people? You are inviting and challenging at the same time. What does that mean? Invitation means what you just did. You invite someone else to come close to you. You start um, a Paul Timothy relationship. You say, hey, I would love to be uh, on a journey with you. I would love to take you under my wings. I would love to read the Bible with you. I would love to um, help you to become a small group leader. I would love to help you to be better at your job, at your work, wherever. And, and you start that relationship. And inviting also means you support that person. You cheer that person on. You are for that person. You believe in that person. You're going to continue that relationship. Maybe you give that person uh, resources, how to become a better worker or whatever area it is. But at the same time, you also have to be challenging. Uh, you have to challenge that person. Maybe hand a challenging task over to that person or um, give, a, give out a responsibility. What happens if you do that in all the dimensions? I mean, you can, you can be um, high inviting, but low challenging. What that happened then is uh, people under your leadership will be cozy or maybe lazy. Maybe you are in a small group where you have great time and you, you, have, you eat together and you have a nice time, you talk a little bit, but you don't challenge each other. Then you have a very cozy atmosphere, but Chances are high that no one is really taking steps. Um, people are getting bored if you are either one of those. If you're not inviting and not challenging, eventually people will leave. Your group, um, your, um, uh, your leadership, your team, a small group, um, a job, whatever. If people 
are high challenging, but low inviting, then chances are high that people under your leadership or a Timothy of you is stressed. <laughs> if you don't get people resources or you believe, you can do it, I'm with you, I spend time with you, but you just come and, and, and challenge and challenge and challenge and, and demand and demand and demand, people will get stressed and eventually burn out. Where you want to be, how you want to lead is empowering. You want to be high challenging, but also high inviting and empowering. And that's what it's all about. You could ask, you could play around at home during the next week. Um, you could play around with this, with, this, um, um, with this method a little bit. And you can ask yourself, where are you right now? Where would you put yourself into right now? Where are the people under your leadership right now? And ask them. And why? Ask them, why are you stressed right now? Do you need more um, training in a job or wherever? But you can play around that with that a little bit. Um, I want to tell you a little bit how, what the pause, what my pause were. Um, I want to talk a little bit about my parents. Uh, my parents um, are amazing parents. Yeah. That's how they look. <laughs> uh, and I like them because um, from the very first moment I came into life, they started to believe in me. They gave me stability. I was always taken care of. I was never in need. And um, they believed in me. They, they, they were followers of Jesus and they laid a foundation in my life of what it means to be, uh, to be believing in God. And I remember um, that I had pocket money, I, was, I had everything I needed, but when I wanted something, when I wanted something bigger, I remember at the age of 13, I wanted to have an expensive mountain bike. And then my father told me, but then you have to work. So he challenged me. He said, you know, you can do it, but I won't give you the money. I, I could, but I, I don't, because you need to get a job. I was 13 years old my first vacation job, and he helped me to get a job, but he, I had to do the work, right? And then I could buy the mountain bike. So, and still on today, my parents are so for me, and, and they believe in me, and at the same time, they challenge me as well. And another guy, his name is Joe Schmutz, and um, he's a great guy, he's the one on the right. He's so tall, he's not only, he's, he's not on the picture <laughs> with his whole face. And Joe believed in me. When I was about 19 years old, um, and I had a deep encounter with Jesus, and I wanted to give my whole life for Jesus, he took me on a mission trip and, uh, to Sri Lanka. And uh, we were there, and uh, one night he said, we were a team of 10 people, one night he said, hey, um, tomorrow we're going to go to a Buddhist school with 250 Buddhist um, students, and I want you, Pjorn, to preach. And I said, Ooh! I became very stressed because I never preached before. I was new in faith, <laughs> just started to really follow Jesus and take that serious. And I said, Joe, I cannot do it. And he said, yeah, you can do it. You can do it. You go now for an hour and you write something down. You get a Bible passage and three points and think about something. And then um, we read together your message. So we did that. And he believed in me. So I hold that message. I was holding that message half afraid, half uh, um, excited, highly challenged. Him sitting there, always nodding, smiling. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he said, at the end, you have to do an altar call. And 180 of those Buddhist students in the Buddhist church gave their life to Jesus. And it was such a cool experience because there was one person who believed in me. 
I want to ask two people on stage right now from our community what that meant, what it, what it means for them. Let's give Emily and Glenn a big hand. Welcome on stage. So good to see you. Hey, Glenn. Hey, I want to start um, asking you, Emily, uh, because um, you're new to this, to this country. You are uh, newly married. You are uh, new in this church, new in Switzerland. And one and a half weeks ago, you sent me an email, and that email really um, challenged me, and, and it was so encouraging. What was it all about? Yeah, right. So a few years ago, I was new to a community, and I was really praying to the Lord for a mentor. I had a lot of questions about Jesus, about my faith, and really I needed someone specifically to, and intentionally to pour into me. And so I was praying, and a few weeks later, someone came up to me and she said, it's been really put on my heart to mentor you. And I said, wow, great, I've been praying for a mentor. Yeah, and you know, this lady um, is someone I never would have chosen on my own. And so I said, okay, God, this must be from you. And we met together every week, and it transformed my life. And she, she knew her Bible inside and out. She knew much more than I did, and she guided me in such a biblical way and was praying for me and just battling by my side. And she really saw the potential in me and let me knew, she let me know that. And so um, on the flip side, she challenged me then, okay, take this information, take what you've learned, and pray about someone you can disciple. So I started to do that. And again, um, it was very obvious who I should be discipling, and I asked that person, they were so happy. And so when I moved here, uh, I started praying, Lord, who can I disciple? Please make it obvious to me. And it was made incredibly obvious. This person said, I'm, I'm searching, I'm searching for answers. So then I said, Bjorn, um, do you have any English materials that, that I can use for this? And um, we can dive into the world or word together. And it was amazing that you guys have this material pre-printed, pre-ready. It's such a gift and I'm really thankful for it. So cool. Um, yeah, we have these courses called On the pa uh, Excited for God, On the Path with God, Dis uh, Discover God, um, and they are ready. And I think it's so cool that there's a person who is new here uh, and already thinks, in whom could I invest? I love that attitude. And um, yeah, let's take this as, as a role model. Glenn, um, what is your story about that? Um, I became a Christian in 1990, so before a lot of you were born. Um, through a university campus ministry and uh, right away several of the guys and some staff intentionally invested in me and taught me about God's word um, and how to love my neighbor and to um, be part of community and almost immediately I then started to um, pour into other people and helping to lead people to Christ and um, teaching them those same things that were taught to me. Um, my final year in university, I met a guy named Jeff, and he had just become a Christian. And so I spent a pretty intense year with Jeff, um, having a blast and becoming great friends, but also um, teaching him about Jesus and God's word. And um, when we finished, he got a job, and 
Um, he, was, he was kind of a natural evangelist, loved to share his faith. And he was sharing with a coworker. And this coworker, um, she had a lot of very tough questions. And Jeff would just answer quickly and then come ask me, okay, she asked me this, what should I say? So I would give him an answer and he's like, okay, I, I thought about what you asked me the other day and what I told you was wrong. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't know this exactly what he was doing, but um, so he would give her my answers. And I eventually met her and um, she became a Christian. And very shortly after that, I asked her to marry me and she's my wife, Christine. So we've been married 19 years. Um, but Jeff then went on to become a high school teacher and he worked with Young Life, which is a, um, a middle school and high school outreach to kids all across the world, really. It started in America. Um, and for the past 20 years, Jeff has poured his life and his faith into high schoolers. And dozens, if not hundreds of um, kids have become Christians and that their lives have been changed for eternity through Jeff. And um, it's just an amazing thing to see um, what I, I got from someone else. I passed it on to Jeff and he's passed it on to other people who are no doubt also passing it on. Um, and to, to kind of finish out that story, um, today uh, in Zurich, I feel like part of our reason for being here is for community and small groups and um, to be able to invest in the people who are in this community. And um, yeah, that's, that's my story. Yes. Love it. So good. Thank you, Emily, for, um, for your heart to invest in other ladies and, and, and be blessed. Go for it. It's so amazing. You will see so fruit out of it. And thank you so much, Glenn, for being part uh, of our small group ministry. You are an amazing small group leader. You have a great family. You're such a great uh, father. You are a small group coach. Whoever is working with Glenn, whoever wants to find a small group or uh, needs small group coaching, he's the man, I tell you. He's a really, he's not only funny, but he's, uh, he's uh, as, we were, as we were hearing, he's really um, excited about investing other, into other people. Let's give them a big hand again. Thank you so much. So cool. Hey, I want to finish with um, this message with two videos of, of two of my Timothys. And um, one, one is a guy I just invent, invested over a period of one year and sometimes we call each other but not so, uh, not so intensely. And his name is Daniel. And let's watch this clip about Daniel. Go. Hey Björn, hey ICF community in Zurich. It's my absolute privilege to tell you that I'm very convinced that leadership is something very important to me. And I can tell you, when I went to Zurich to the college and uh, met Björn there, I experienced in my own life how powerful it is if someone stands up and says, Daniel, I believe in you. And that's what Björn did to me. So I was part of the college. I was there in Zurich and served in the church, but I experienced the power when Björn asked me very specific questions to, can you imagine to take over this leadership? In my opinion, it was online church. And I was very overwhelmed, sometimes frustrated in the beginning. But I realized how strong it is if someone stands behind me and say, Daniel, you can do this.
You can fall. I help you to stand up. I encourage you to keep going. And that's what Bjorn did to me. And that's amazing. So I can tell you it's so strong if you have someone behind you. And I thank you, Bjorn, very personally that you pushed me and that I, I'm today able to lead the international community here in Munich. So greetings, all the blessings. Yes, so cool. Um, I, I'm sharing with you this, this video and another one soon, uh, not be, to put on, yeah, to say, oh, wow, what a great leader I am, but to encourage you, if I can do it, you can do it. I didn't do much to Daniel. I just gave him a responsibility. And, and what he needed to hear is, I believe in you. You can do it. I didn't need to teach him everything. I didn't need to know everything. But I just needed to be there. I, I, I felt that he is a person who he wants to become a pa pastor. And he has questions and doubts sometimes. And I just saw the potential in him and said, Daniel, you can do it. Another good friend of mine, his name is Jeremy, and we were on a journey right now for more than six years. Let's watch his clip. Once I was in Zurich doing my ICF college six years ago, and one guy sat on my side in the bus, and we had a talk, and I would never have imagined that that talk with Bjorn would have led us to a Paul and Timothy relationship. This guy believed in me, believed in my dreams, and made me able to fulfill them. And this relationship didn't stop and he went through uh, the time to process life together. Even uh, Bjorn married us two, almost two years ago and became our wedding pastor. And now more than ever, we are such good friends. We experience leadership together. We experience ministry. And now I'm uh, leading uh, ICF Lausanne. I'm the lead pastor over there in the French part of Switzerland. And that would have never been able to be possible without Bjorn investing in me. And uh, we have planted two churches from there, and that's one of the biggest dreams that he believed in me. Thanks, Bjorn, for everything you invest in me. Thank you, Jeremy. Love you too. <laughs> hey, uh, I would like to pray with you because um, at the end of the day, I want to encourage you. You don't have to know everything. You just have to go and, uh, and ask someone, invite someone uh, to be close to you because um, I found this quote and I think it's so true anyone can find the dirt in someone be the one who finds the gold anyone can find the dirt in someone be the one who finds the gold and I said to myself I want to be a gold digger I want to dig for the gold of people's lives because uh, there's so much gold in everyone there's so much potential in each and one of us. And I don't know where you're standing. I don't know if you, if you ever had someone uh, invest in your life. And maybe you wish you had someone who would invest in you. Then I want to pray with you. Maybe you are someone um, who never had this road to Damascus experience. Maybe you're standing here and you never experienced Jesus. Then I want to pray with you as well. And maybe you are challenged tonight, but you don't know how and when and, and, and how to do that to invest in someone else. Then I want to pray with you as well. And I thank you, Jesus, so much that you are here. Your love is here. Your acceptance is here. Thank you for all the people who never experienced you. And I want to... I wanna pray this with you if you are one of the people who says I never had a deep encounter with Jesus 
I want to have something like Paul had, like Saul had, then just say, come into my life, Jesus. I invite you right now into my life. Speak to me. Love me. Forgive me. Make me new. Jesus, I want to I pray for all the people who say, I have, a, I have a lack. I don't have anybody invested in my life or I don't see it. Open up these people. Open up doors. Just as we heard from Emily. She was praying that and immediately someone came. Just do that for us. Because it's so worth it. It's so good if we have Paul's investing into us. But we don't want to stand still there. But we also want to pass on to others. And we want to be people like Paul who are saying, like in Corinthians, follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus. I want to be bold and brave enough to say I want to invest in someone else. Show us, Holy Spirit, who that person could be and help us. Give us the courage to do that. We want to build your kingdom, Jesus. We want to pass on your love and your message and you're depending on us and you want, you're counting on us. And I want to say here in front of these people, we want to say that together, you can count on me. You, we, you can count on us. You make us brave, Jesus, to do that, to cast on that vision of empowering other people, leading other people to you, Jesus. Make us brave enough to believe that you are here, you love us, and we can do the same for other people as well.